I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Just living in the crazy wrestling times. That's what I'm calling it. The crazy wrestling times, the CWT. I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin, apparently going to be back from WrestleMania. Vince McMahon, apparently going to have a match. And when we jump across to AEW, Tony Khan out here just buying wrestling promotions like he doing a real-life GM mode. But I absolutely love it. I don't care. People go on the internet and go, me, 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 and moan and moan. I am having the wrestling time of my life. Also, hello, my name is Simon Miller. I have the finger of power as well, and we're going to use it to give the good bits and up and the bad bits and down for not only the latest episode of AEW Dynamite, but the go-home show for Revolution. Take a breath, let's all calm down, and let's up those doubts. Mother flubbing Tony Khan walked out at the start of AEW Dynamite. He took a microphone and said, oh yeah, you know that big announcement I've been talking about? I have bought professional wrestling company Ring of Honor. I mean, ooh, the lally. So this is just the coolest thing because I remember hearing about ROH way back in the day. And really, for a time there, it became a feeder league to the quote-unquote bigger promotions. I mean, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Samoa Joe... I'm not going to go down this road because we will be here all day. Tony also made a Shane McMahon reference because, of course, when he turned up and stole WCW from Vince McMahon, and I am just so behind all of this. I mean, Tony Khan was already a pretty big deal in professional wrestling, but he now just climbing that ladder. So I cannot wait to see where this goes. And, of course, don't forget, AEW does have a massive roster, and all of a sudden, they have a brand new platform to send guys and girls to get even better and get even more exposure. If anyone is saying this is a bad thing, well, I'm just going to ignore you. It got even better, too, because Tony Khan then said our first match on AEW Dynamite was going to be Brian Danielson versus Christopher Daniels, who was finally back on AEW. And, of course, this was the first ever main event of a Ring of Honor show. So it just gets a round of applause and it doesn't just get it up. It gets the golden up. And of course, this match rocked. I mean, they could probably do another one in 20 years when they're all old and they can't see where they're going, and it would still rock up. They did the ROH handshake beforehand, even though at the moment, Danielson doesn't really have any honor about him, but that's why he's so good. And then they just started to technical wrestle, and I swear, this was so smooth, I started rubbing my bald head, because that's the smoothest thing I have on my body. And was that a weird thing to say? 
Yes. Danielson also did this crazy pin thing where it looked like he was going to break Christopher Daniels' arms while getting the one, two, three. But then they spilled out of the ring where Christopher Daniels hit him with a moonsault. And when he went back in the ring, he thought, ha ha, I'm going to hit you with a crossbody. And instead, Danielson just kicked him right in the chest. And I was like, oh boy, he's midsection. This just seemed to annoy Daniels though, because he came back with a blue thunder bomb and an iconoclasm for a near fall. Honestly, is that the greatest name for a wrestling move ever? The iconoclasm? Sounds like something Zangief does from Street Fighter. Chris was desperate to hit this crossbody, so he tried it again, but Danielson reversed it into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. But here was the thing. Christopher Daniels, veteran. Brian Daniels, veteran. So when one of them hits the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the other one knows, okay, well, I'm going to turn this into my own most devastating sports entertainment move thingamajig. And they just kept doing this over and over again. But of course, nobody could score it because they know the deal. So this was just basically a match of ridiculous counters, which also ties into the finish because Daniels went for the best moonsault ever. And Brian caught him in a triangle and choked him out. Absolutely fabulous. Danielson then also proved what I said a few minutes ago because he was all like, well, in Ring of Honor, we used to do a handshake before the match and after the match, but I'm not going to do that. And instead, I'm going to boot Christopher Daniels' head in. And he walked over to him and he booted him in the head. This is when John Moxley arrived, although he didn't really seem to care about Christopher Daniels at all. He just wanted to talk to Brian and he said, look, on Sunday, we're going to have a big fight. And either you're going to die or I'm going to die. Like, he didn't say that, but it's really how it sounded. He also promised there's going to be a lot of blood and he wanted to start the war right now. And just when it looked like they were about to fight, Brian Danielson backed off. So put your hands up if you are super duper excited for this match. The hand stays up. Sting was then backstage being everybody's dad and saying, look, listen, on Rampage, we're going to have a triple threat match for the TNT title between Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, and Andrade. And if anybody interferes, I'm going to turn this car around and there ain't going to be any wrestling for anybody. Of course, that will be different on Sunday because that's a tornado tag match where everyone will be in the ring flying around the place. Darby Allen also confirmed this. Seriously, are we going to get a TNT championship change on Friday? have to watch to find out. It was then our second tag team battle role to see who the last team going into our revolution tag team title match is. Although this time we didn't just start in the ring and people came in at intervals. It was really fun. We also had a massive surprise to begin with because FTR were in there at number one and two was Dante Martin with his tag team partner Darius. Now of course Darius has been out for the last year. He got a really lovely welcome and in around about eight seconds, he was like, oh yeah, my name's Darius Martin, and I'm a really good wrestler, because flub me, he was flying around the place. The acclaim was soon out as well, and Max Caster and his rap dropped a really good line about Kane and his recent nuts tweets. And I love these guys. I love Max Caster. I love Anthony Bowens. One day I will meet them, and I'll try and embrace them, and they'll either embrace me as well, or they'll tell me to flub off and call me a bald a-hole. One day we're going to find out. Alan Angels and Tens followed this, as did the Butcher and the Blade. So I presume they closed their shop off early because they were like, well, we could make some cash or we could become the tag team champions. I imagine it was a very hard choice. Around this time, Angels got eliminated by FTR. But don't forget, both guys have to go to the floor in order for the team to be eliminated properly. But then the Varsity Blondes arrived. Honestly, 
Brian Pillman must have lasted around about two minutes. That was a bit weird. Bear Country, Santana and Ortiz and the best friends soon strolled out and Bear Country didn't have any time in there because the proud of the powerful got rid of them. And this is when guys were just pinging over the top rope. And if you want to know exactly what happened, go and watch it because honestly, it's just like things coming at my eyes, I can't recount it all. Riff Garrison was out next, courtesy of Anthony Bowen, so the Varsity Blondes were officially gone. And given that Stu Grayson and Evil Luna were our next team, the Dark Order came together to get rid of the Butcher and the Blade. But again, they were probably like, oh well, we tried. Now let's go back and cure some meat or something. The Young Bucks, the Wingmen and the Gun Club soon followed and they were mostly here to remind us that if you are a tag team, you have to have the word the in front of your name if you want to be successful. And again, around about this time, it was just ping, 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 people going over the top rope. Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson soon entered with 2.0 being our last team, but our final three combatants were the Young Bucks, FTR, and of course, Top Flight. We do have to mention that Dan Housen popped up at one point and he cursed Evil Uno, which is why he got eliminated. And as ever, it's so dumb, it's so stupid, but it's so damn brilliant. I love Dan Housen. We then made sure Dante Martin has hidden moment because he got rid of Cash, but he went in with so much momentum, he also eliminated himself when Red Dragon came out and they got rid of FTR when they started dancing around with the Young Bucks. So of course there's more teasing because in the last battle roar, these two guys were at odds and now they're all friends again. Matt Jackson eventually got eliminated too, even though Brandon Cutler tried to save him. But it did mean our last two guys were Matt Jackson and Darius Martin. And of course, given Darius's story, it was like, please, please let him do it. Honestly, that was never going to happen. The Young Bucks were always going to be successful. So Matt Jackson booted him right in the balls. He super kicked him, which now means at the pay-per-view, it is the Jurassic Express, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks for the tag titles. And Christian Cage and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy came out so they could all stare at each other. And honestly, that is going to be a powder keg of brilliance. I am very excited. And man, do we then tease whatever is next between Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston. Because Chris Jericho had a microphone and was saying kind of the same stuff that he had said last week, but reminded us that if he does lose to Eddie, he will show him some respect. But that's not going to happen because Kingston is crap. This is when Santana and Ortiz turned up, though, and they kind of glared at each other. And if you can believe it, they did kind of do these half-ass fist pumps. So does that mean at Revolution they're going to help Jericho? Are they going to help Kingston? Are they going to be there at all? Look at all these seeds that we're planting and glorious wrestling plants are about to grow. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
And then I have to break my own rule. And some people watching this, especially on that there Reddit, are going to melt down, but I do not care. If I sit down to watch two hours of professional wrestling and I am this entertained, I will do whatever the flub I want. Like if I had to get it again by running around naked, I probably wouldn't do that because it would make me feel very uncomfortable and it's basically illegal. But the point is, we got the follow-up between CM Punk and MJF and it doesn't just get an up. It gets a golden up. Surely this is going to go down in modern day history though, because Punk did get to the ring and he got a microphone and he said, some days I wake up and I ask myself, am I actually the bad guy? So maybe he's also been playing Lair on the PlayStation 3. And if you understand that reference, I feel sorry for you, because that was a terrible, terrible game. Punk did admit that what MGF did last week took courage though, but he just can't get over this feeling that maybe he was being gaslit and you're too right. For example, there's a very famous picture on the internet where he met Stone Cold Steve Austin, but when Steve Austin left WWE and walked out on wrestling, he didn't go absolutely crazy, so what the flub was Maxwell doing? This was even more apt because MJF has done some terrible things since he's arrived in AEW, and this is when he told Friedman to come to the ring, which he did, and Punk was like this, look, man, I get it, we all go crazy here and there, I mean, I once poured somebody's ashes out on the floor. He was referencing Paul Bearer, and I ran somebody down for their drug issues. He was referencing Jeff Hardy. He now realizes he shouldn't have done that stuff though, so MJF needs to do the same, and also needs to start thinking about the young kid who's into wrestling, and looks up to Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Honestly, this was so good. Punk decided he was then gonna shake MJF's hand, which was part the most loveliest thing ever, and part stupid, but that was the point. But Maxwell didn't want to do this and instead he went in for a hug. Somebody around here must have been cutting onions. CM Punk of course was still reluctant because he knew what was going on but he wanted to embrace his good side and of course as soon as this was over Maxwell punted him right in the penis and then laid him out with the heat seeker. This is when Wardlow, Sean Spears and FTR came out there to play defense and give Maxwell some weapons when he got the diamond ring and he punched Punk so hard there was blood everywhere. They then put the dog collar on him and basically started to hang him over the top rope. I mean, if you woke up today and say, man, I want to see some screwed up imagery, AEW got you covered. He just started yelling at Punk and saying he was stupid and that he was a snake. And I bet somewhere Randy Orton was like, wait a minute, something bad has just happened. And said at a revolution, he is going to be the devil himself. And for people that enjoy throwbacks, you can find Punk saying similar things in Ring of Honor. Honestly, there is so much depth to this, you could swim through it like you're Scrooge McDuck. Eventually the word got to Darby Allen, Sting and Sammy Guevara who came out to make the save, but I have not done this justice. I mean the intensity and the sheer emotion that was pouring out of all these orifices, it was truly nuts. So if you have been looking for some adult wrestling and something that makes your eyes go like, oh, what is happening? You need to go and watch this segment. And yes, CM Punk versus MJF right here, right now is the best feud in all of sports entertainment. I think it is absolutely tremendous. This match is also probably going to steal the show at the pay-per-view, although you could say that for a few things. So it is just a massive round of applause all round. Keith Lee was then ready to speak, but because he was a wrestler about to cut a promo, he got interrupted. That is 23 in AEW and 74 in all of professional wrestling. Although given that it was Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, I'm going to assume when we do get the other side of this pay-per-view, we're going to do that feud. 
You can sign me up for that. It'll rock. It was then time to build to Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker, which is also happening on Sunday. And they were teaming up with Mercedes Martinez and Jamie Hayter, respectively. And given how this finished, AW has now taken my predictions for the predictions and flushed them down the toilet. Because I did indeed have Rosa down as getting the W when she does challenge for the AEW Women's Championship. But here, not only did her team win, but Thunder Rosa got the visual pinfall over Britt Baker. So now being the wrestling nerd I am, like well, usually when wrestling companies do that, it's because the loser is going to win in a few days. So I'm all a flutter and I'm in a pickle. They were all fighting each other before the bell because they all hate each other. And the way the bad guys got the upper hand is because Rebel grabbed Thunder Rosa's leg. Honestly, she did this right in front of the referee. And the referee did go up to him and say, you better stop doing that. But he didn't eject her. It was so silly, because in the past, the same thing has happened, and people get sent to the back. Mercedes was still hurling Hater around, so she had to come back with an STO, but this is when our champion and our challenger tagged in. It really did feel like a big deal, though, so we've done something right, and Rosa smashed Baker with a DVD for a two. This is when I started stroking my non-existent beard, trying to figure out what's going to happen. The story here was so good, though, because basically, Thunder Rosa was able to hit the Thunder Driver and beat Britt Baker because Mercedes Martinez took out Rebel and Jamie Hayter. And that is the tale we have been telling since the dawn of time. Britt can keep her championship, but only if her goons are around. So this felt like very self-aware booking to me, and it has left me absolutely stumped. Like, I'm going to do the predictions video later, and I was going to pick Thunder Rosa, but now I ain't so sure. So well done, AEW. Ty Conte then wanted to talk about her TPS title challenge in a few days. <laughs> with Jade Cargill interrupted. So that is 24 in AEW and 75 overall. Jade Cargill was great here. She was all like, look, I'm going to boot you in the face again. And also, nobody cares about your cry crap. She also said that she's going to beat Conte at the pay-per-view. And given that she is on an undefeated streak, you can't really argue with that. We then got a video for the ongoing feud between Layla Hirsch and Chris Statlander. And I'm still loving all of that. When Wardlow was back out... Good grief is he a peach. He was taking on Cesar Bononi here, who is a very large man, but that was the whole point. Cesar tried one move, it absolutely failed, so Wardlow went, all right, I'm going to give you the Powerbomb Symphony, and it must have taken him about 25 seconds, but he won. I mean, if you had gone for a Wii, you would have missed it, but we really started to tie into the story here too, because afterwards, Sean Spears was going to hit Bononi with a chair, but Wardlow stopped him, and you could look at the two guys and go, I don't think they get it all very well. So we have been taking our time with this, but we are building it like reverse Jenga. And when Wardlow does turn, poof, it's going to be great. We then got a House of Black video, which is always enjoyable because they're so flubbed up. And then it was more stuff with Wardlow, MJF and Sean Spears because we were in the back and Maxwell told the big man, look, if you do win the TNT title, I'll let you keep it. But I doubt it's going to happen. So Wardlow was like, well, if that is the case, it's only because I'm so distracted ensuring you get victories because without me, you nothing. Friedman then came back and just slapped him across the face and said, don't forget, you don't work for AEW. You work for me, I will fire your ass, and you and your family will be out on the street. And I started to go, have we ever had one of those AEW, oh my gosh, Wardlow has joined the company graphics on Twitter? 
I don't think we have, which will be even better because when he does turn, you can do that. So I'm doing it again. I don't care. I'm busting out a random applause. It was also the last thing we saw before our main event, which was Adam Cole and Red Dragon taking on Hangman Adam Page, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. And I swear, they could probably do this 678 times and every single one would be good. It looked like it was going to be Paige versus Cole to start with when Adam backed off and tagged out because he is an absolute coward. I just realized I can't say that because they're both called Adam. I'm talking about Cole. Of course, I'm talking about Adam Cole. Bobby Fish tagged in and swam into the match, but actually Dark Order had his number for a large old time and they kept murking him and they kept murking him. But you could always tell what was going to happen. Red Dragon was going to come back. Eventually, Bobby did do this because he used his fin to take out Hangman Adam Page's leg. And of course, at that point, Cole was like, oh man, I'll get in there now. And he even grabbed our champion and he threw him into the apron. Plus, he avoided a buckshot lariat. It was a bit like, oh no, he knows what to do. It was Silver who got beat up mostly, but then he did have the big tag to Adam Page, who just got in there. He ran wild. He hit a pop-up powerbomb on Kyle O'Reilly. And then there was no choice. We had to do Adam versus Adam. And you know what they did? They took their fists and they just punched each other in the face. The tag klaxon went off. And honestly, you saw every single wrestling move that has ever been invented. But I think Alex Reynolds got too hyped up because he ran in there. He got super kicked. He fell to his knees. Adam Cole hit the boom and he pinned him for the one, two, three. The bad guys tried to jump everybody, but Paige was in there valiantly fighting back. And just when he was about to hit a buckshot lariat, Bobby Fish was back using his ocean powers. And once again, he went after Paige's leg. This then allowed them to beat the hangman down and they duct taped his arms to the ropes and then made him watch as they destroyed his friends. And Adam Cole kicked him in the face over and over again before taking the AEW title and draping it over his shoulder as he went back to the middle of the ring and was all like, Adam Cole, baby, I am going to be the next AEW champion. So what a really good angle this was. So that was it for AEW Dynamite. And I swear, if you were kind of going, man, I don't know whether to buy a revolution or not, and you decided to tick your ass and put it in a chair and check this out, Surely now you are very, very pumped for this. I know that I am. There are so many matches I cannot call. And overall, it's getting it up. Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.